So interesting because um, I, I was, okay, so this morning we talked about, um, uh, in our discipleship class, we talked about doing your own thing. Uh, and we just talked about how God created the body for his use and how in Genesis 1, 131, uh, the Lord said he created everything, everything he created, and it was, it was good. All of what he created was good. So he, he created us to be good. And so God created these good bodies, but these good bodies, when we allow the sinful nature or the flesh in, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, what, is, what, did this, what did the book say this morning? It uh, invaded these good bodies. The sinful nature has invaded these good bodies. And, and we know ever since that took place, uh, we've been born in sin and shaping in iniquity ever since. And so God sent Jesus to redeem our bodies. We talked about that in Romans 8 today, how uh, we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. Actually, the scripture says our bodies are groaning. So when you feel that pull or that depression or that, that uneasiness that sometimes we grab vices for, the vices can never quench that thirst. That thirst is supposed to be quenched by Christ's redemptive power. Uh, they read the scripture earlier. I don't know if, they, if it's got to be the Holy Spirit, but 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, inside of Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Well, if we don't go through that transition, Gerard, well, we're still holding on to the old things, and our body can't handle that sinful nature. So now we start to feel uh, weighted. Uh, the Bible says, uh, lay aside uh, all, every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, right? So if we don't lay aside that weight, we carry that weight. The Bible tells us to cast our cares and not carry them in 1 Peter 5. Like, if we start carrying our cares, now we don't, know, we don't know what to do with it. So we try to, in our life, we almost like, uh, Minister James, we almost uh, uh, figure out how to uh, hold on to or or carry pain. All right, so now, now we need superficial means to ease pain, you know? Uh, you know, and, and it could be uh, medication. It could be legal and illegal, illegal medication, right? Raylan just said amen. So then he just said hallelujah. So, I mean, that means I'm going in the right direction, right? All right, so, so, uh, so we were talking about how these bodies have been corrupted, and sometimes we take them to do our own thing, but they were designed to be uh, used by God. And then, then we talked about how, why was the body created? One, to identify you as a unique per, in, individual. So, so God gave you a specific body, fearfully and wonderfully made you, so when someone sees you, they see no one like you. Now, what the world does is it spends its time throwing mud on God's design. Well, what does that mud look like? That mud looked like everybody else. So the world has you, uh, don't get mad, y'all, don't get mad. You know, the world has you putting on lashes, putting on all types of stuff, you know. I just threw lashes in there because that was the easy one. Y'all know what I'm really referring to. I'm not referring to the lashes. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I just use lashes. See, Pastor Mel won't let me be nice. She said other body parts, right? But, well, but why are we throwing on all these things? Because we don't like what God designed. 
So we're constantly changing God's design, right? But our body is not our own. It was bought with a price. Our body's not designed for us to use for how we feel, right? Our bodies is designed to use for God's design, right? And it doesn't have to be at our convenience. We've been bought with a price. Now, tell you what, if you want to use your body for what you want to do, I tell you how you can do it. Just write your ticket to hell. And you can use your body for whatever you want to do with it. Okay? Good? We cool? Because if, you, if, if, you, if you're not going to use it for God's use, see, the Bible says in John 15, it says, he's the vine where the branches. It says, so the, so the branches that don't bring forth fruit, they're, they're thrown into the fire. Right? The scripture says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Now, one side of that is, John 15, 5, is, man, without Christ, I can't do nothing. Another side of that scripture is saying, you can't do nothing without Christ. So anything you try to do, it better be Christ. There's two sides to that coin. One is, man, I'm helpless without Christ. Another one is, oh, I ain't making no moves without Christ. Apart from him, we could do nothing. Apart from him, don't do nothing. Right? You got it? John 15, 5, right? And so, listen, y'all did this this morning, so I, this wasn't, we supposed to be talking about this faith. Y'all got enough of this faith. We're going to talk about unrepentant sin today. Right? So they, that's why they changed the, the picture. They just flipped the script on y'all, right? Right? Because as they were, the, the song was ministering, and I was thinking about, and Gerard, you did a great job. Like the whole anointing was on Gerard's testimony, right? Did y'all see that? Yeah, y'all probably was just struggling just to stay in there, right? Like Wednesday, right? Right? So it was, it was David on Wednesday, but it was Gerard today. So if anything happens that people are feeling uncomfortable or any type of way, it's your fault. Okay? I so, so, but as Gerard was talking, and then they sang that song. And I knew y'all were singing the song. Y'all sing the song list. I knew what y'all was singing. Didn't pay it, no mind. But that song, that's when you bless me. And, and the trip is, I was, you know, we were talking about this morning about your testimony, right? Right, which you end up sharing your testimony, right? And you see, you got stirred up. You was like, oh, I know what to do before that song. And it was like you, per, you set it up perfectly. Because you was like, that's when he blessed me, right? And so the interesting thing is, so you're singing the song, and I'm sitting there like, what is going on in this place? And the Holy Spirit's like, because we're not teaching what you want to talk about. We're going to be teaching on unrepentant sin. And so the interesting thing is, so, so that song, because we're talking about testimony, and we're talking about different, and, and, and I talked about being in a club, but I remember my getaway from Newark, New Jersey was Washington, D.C. That's what my sister was. So my sister was the Christian. I was the need of help person, Right? I need help back, <laughs> right, especially in Newark, right? So, so I would go to D.C. to get away, and when I would go with her, I would go with her to church, i.e., people come visit you, they should come with you to church, <laughs> right? So, so I would go to her to church. Now, I'm not living for God, but one thing about me, we, I was just talking to a guy about this yesterday. I love music. I always love music. And so when I got there, I loved the choirs. Matter of fact, if I ever went to church when I was in Newark, I only went to the churches that had the good choirs or the preachers that sang. 
I wasn't even going for the word. I was like, I thought I'm going to go to church today. No, who got a good choir? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, I went in this church, and they sang that song. Now, at first, I, I, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. I gave it up. That's when you blessed me. I let it go. That's when you blessed me. Oh, that was my whole struggle with the song. Because I had, I had been slapped around in life, especially growing up for the first part of my years with foster parents. And so I finally got a hold where I was in control. In the hood, I was in control. On the basketball court, I was in control. So now I'm like, yeah, yeah, ain't nobody running me no more, Do what I want to do. And then I get into this church, and the song says, I gave it up, that's when you bless me. I let it go, that's when you bless me. I did just what you said. I was like, I, I just got it. I got to let it go. I got to give it up. I just got it. Nah, man, come on. But then every time I went to D.C., I don't know, maybe my sister called the choir ahead of time. I, I, I sing that's when you bless me. Yeah, that fool coming again. Right, like, and, 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 and that song, and I, when I got it, this is, let me tell you when I got it. I gave it up. I let it go. That's when he blessed me. <laughs> and so y'all singing that song today, right? Which I already knew y'all were singing. Gerard gives his testimony. The whole anointing hits the, the, the platform. And then I'm sitting back there and going, okay, so what am I supposed to be doing here right now? You want me to just go slap everybody outside the head? You know, like, you know, just lay hands on everybody. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing right now? He said, no, we're shifting. There's a shift. So I was like, okay, there's a shift. I want to yield to you. I'm going to do whatever you want to do, Lord, so it's cool. So if you just want me to go up there from script, which so far I haven't been reading nothing. I mean, you just want me to just flow. I just flow. Well, you could just teach whatever you want to teach. He said, no, I know what we want to teach, but I want you to open it up and let me just set the stage yeah, here. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because cause my help comes from the Lord. Not, not my own strength. It comes from the Lord. All right, all right, so good. Let's, let's, let's get into this. I don't even have my notes ready for this because I'm supposed to be teaching this faith, right? So, so you guys got to give me a second because we, uh, we had a phenomenal time on, uh, what was that? Wednesday. Now, you can go back and look at the video, which... It will serve you. We had a good time in the Word. But there's some stuff that took place that ain't on video. So you can go back and look at the video. You won't see what, what happened over here. So, so I saw Jeanette laying hands on her husband. He was done. He was gone. He was gone. Uh, David over there, which is on video, David turned, well, you won't see him. So we got to like flow in the gift sometimes when we've got cameras, right? Because something like that, you got to capture. Did you, well, see, you couldn't see it. But did you listen to it? Did you know who that guy was? <laughs> like it was another person. No, no, when I, when I say another person, so when he sat down, I said, that's the David we've been looking for. Well, I, I know I, I've been looking for it for a long time. And so the interesting thing is I had another conversation with another minister this week, right? And so while we're in the conversation, because, listen, too much is given, much is required. I'm challenging this person, right? I've been challenging this person for a while. So I'm, I'm like, listen, 
right? Not not listen, not, like I wasn't, there was a, wasn't a reprimand, but I'm saying like, it was like, we have a relationship was like, hey, we got to do this. So, so listen, this is what it is. While I'm talking, David came up in my spirit. Like, so what I'm trying to, because I'm trying to convince, to show the person, this is what I'm trying to get out of you, right? And, then, and, and David came up, so I, I wanted to say, remember which, what I said to David. I ain't say, I never said it. He said it. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, when, they, when, when you spoke to David and said, that's the David I'm looking for, and he said, I leaped in my spirit. I said, that's amazing, because I was just about to tell you. <laughs> Been looking for you, right? Stay with me, stay with me, right? This all going to make sense, right? Stay with me, right? But I, but I just wanted to give you some, like, uh, uh, I mean, just said, David comes to the mic, he started talking. I don't know when this started happening. I don't know what happened in praise and worship, doing the word, I don't know, whatever. But the atmosphere changed, obviously, because then David, I want to say lost your mind. Well, I'm going to say lost your natural mind, gained your spiritual mind, right? Well, while he's talking, Miejo's over there, you know, she, she don't know what's going on. She don't know if the, we, we, we turned up the air conditioner, you know, but she, she, she says, she, she, she gets, got to the mic. She says, I don't know if, if, it's, if it's extra cold in here, but, but, but I'm shaking. I don't know what to do. So she, that's the anointing. It's a coolness or a warmth that comes over you. So she's sitting there talking. Trying to talk. We'll just say trying to talk. You trying to get out. Doing the best you can. You did a great, great job. You know, consider it. You know, you're doing a great job. So she stops. She goes to sit down. And we're going forward. People are talking. Well, service is over. She can't move. She, she, she's stuck right there. Right? So then when she finally moves, she, I guess she had to break out because she screamed to the top of her lungs. Right, so she was gone. She, we, we lost Miesha. She left us, no longer with us. Uh, right, she went back there somewhere, you know. Just, <laughs> right, she was gone, you know. So Pastor Mel went back there, talked to her for a while. She comes out. So, so Pastor Mel talked to her, so, you know, almost like settled her a little bit. So she comes out just as calm. But by the time she got around the altar again, boom, she's gone again. Like, ah, we lost her. We lost her again. Right, so, but, but. All this has happened. Now, we have people, y'all, don't get mad, y'all, but we have people that they have schedules. So no matter what's going on in the church, they're going to keep their schedule. <laughs> right? Uh, Eight o'clock. Actually, me one of them people. She got a certain schedule. Where she's out of here. <laughs> she she, she, she might have been the last person to leave. <laughs> right? And then so you got, you got the Bobbies. They got a schedule because they live, you know, they, they got things that, you know, about that time. Hey, start calling in now. By the time we get in the car, we can catch it in the car. Just come on. Right? But they weren't gone. Wasn't nobody going out here. Actually, I won't say no names, but there's, there's, there's some people that normally will be gone. They could only get to, 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 to the foyer area. Turn right back around. I ain't say no names. <laughs> What I'm saying is it was that thick. And we're just sitting in here. Actually, if me and my wife didn't get up and leave, we'd have been here to the next day. We'd have been here to, like, like, but nobody was instructed to stay. Jeanette wasn't instructed. Now, Jeanette, you go over there and lay hands on your husband. Actually, I didn't know what they was doing over there. I was like, hey, 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 get a room. Get a room. <laughs> right? But he, 
after a while, I, I saw Jeanette, but I didn't see her husband no more. He was gone over here somewhere. He, he was gone too. Everybody, everybody was gone. So, so God was doing something, and it, it carried over into the Bible study fellowship the next morning. And it carried over into the sanctuary today. That's why Gerard was doing what he was doing. So, with that in mind, let's just talk about some, some of the word here. All right, so, so, so because they were singing, um, my help comes from the Lord. So, my help comes from the Lord, so why am I getting the help? Is it because the Lord don't want to help me? You think that's it, Tiana? Or am I not open for the help? Right? Uh, I was talking to a young man this week. He was like, God is in control of everything. I was sharing that with him this morning. And when he said it, and this is how I am, if it doesn't line up with the word, it pulls on me. But I'm not trying to make a person feel bad, you know. So I said, listen, man. I said, man, when you said, when you said uh, God's in control of everything, it's, it's pulling on me. Because that doesn't line up with the fact that he's given us choice. If God's in control of everything and you have choice, is he in control of everything? Because you can choose something different. Remember, you're supposed to be giving your body to him, but you got to present your body as a living sacrifice. If you don't, then God can't use your body. So obviously, God's not control over your choice to give him your body. Right? Then I said, I'm also pulled because I do a lot, we, we do a lot of funerals and stuff and people be blaming God. Like, we don't have choice. And then they go, just because that person is nice, they go, why would God allow that? You don't know. The person could have never let go of unforgiveness. How, how about this? They could have never repented for sin because somebody told them, it's all under grace. It's good. You sin? That's already covered. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. So now they're carrying around unrepentant sin because it's, all in the grace, right? Yes, there's a grace. We don't have to bring in calves and goats and doves. There's grace from us doing the ceremonies. Christ died for all that, but you still got to live morally, right? Right? All right, all right. So, 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 so what I share with the person, I said, well, actually, and then I, I, you know, I, it's how I am. I just start rolling scriptures. He said, man, we're really going to have some, have to have some conversation about this. I said, cool, no problem. It was a great conversation, but that's, that's my job because I don't want nobody to be stuck, you know, and then, and then bl- blame God and be going, well, I'm a nice, I talk about scripture all the time and I just prayed for somebody last week. I went to the nursing home and I don't know why this is happening to me. Because a lot of times we're carrying around unrepented sin. And sometimes it's not seen. Uh, uh, Tanya coined the phrase last week. A lot of times we're carrying around unseen leprosy. You know, so we're not allowed in the camp because we don't know what we carry. <laughs> we carriers. <laughs> right? Don't even realize it. Right? And so, so uh, uh, Wednesday, we went into Mark chapter 5. So let me walk through a couple of scriptures and then let's talk about some things. And again, this is not to condemn anybody, but uh, there may be a level of conviction, but I'm going to tell you what, it's definitely going to be a level of discovery. Because one of the things we talked about, we've been talking about it for weeks, unrepentant sin, but Wednesday we talked about why, what's the benefit, like the real benefit and what we're missing out on, right? 
So Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 5, it says this, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness or in the desert preaching baptism, um, uh, obligating repentance. I think I'm reading the Amplified Version. I didn't write it down. Uh, classic Amplified Version. It says, so preaching baptism, obligating repentance, a change of, so repentance is a change of one's mind for better, for the better, heartily amending one's ways with abhorrence of his past sins. So when I repent, I, I don't just change my mind, right? I amend my ways. I change my ways. So I don't just ask for forgiveness on my way to burning the hell. I, I turn from the actions that's moving me towards the fire, right? I change what I'm doing if I'm truly repentant, right? Does that make sense? Right? Now, I don't know how to do it. Apart from him, you could do nothing. So you're going to need Christ to change, right? All right, so then it says uh, abhorrence of sins in order to obtain forgiveness. Look, forgiveness of and release from sins. So a part of repentance, Renee, is, is I'm, 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 I'm pardoned, but I'm released too. Imagine you getting a pardon in prison and you still locked up. And then every time you call the governor, he's like, you got the paper, I signed it, you pardoned. Why are you complaining? I, I pardoned you. You don't just want the pardon. You want to be released from the bondage, don't you? So you don't just want the forgiveness. You want to be released from the thing, the weight that you're carrying. And so you have to turn away. You have to repent. Does it make sense? All right. It says, uh, what was that? Release from sins. It says, and, and there uh, kept going out to him, out to John continuously, all the country of Judea and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. And they were, it says, as they were confessing their sins. Right? Uh, Mark chapter uh, well, we just, we're still in chapter 1, but let's go to 14 and 15, and I'm going to read this out of a classic Amplified version. See, because it's kind of hard to repent if you don't agree that you're in sin. Right? You're not going to repent. See, and the culture has trained you, oh, that's not really sin. Oh, that's no big deal. So then why would you repent of it? So it's setting you up. The culture is setting you up to water down the reality of sin, so then you won't repent. And if you don't repent, you, you carrying it. And you have to deal with the payment for that sin, which Romans 6.23 tells us is death. Right? I sinned last week. I didn't die. Oh, no, 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 no. It starts to see that continues to grow as long as you don't repent of it, as long as you live in it. Right? Like, like you don't slip into pain and rest there. You get up. Right? Okay, all right, so good. All right, so Amplify says this. Now, after John was arrested and put in a prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying the appointed period of time is fulfilled or completed, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Same thing John was saying in the wilderness, right? Then he says this. So now that the kingdom of God is at hand, it's the appointed time, this is our responsibility. Repent. Have a change of mind 
with issues in regret for past sins and change of conduct for the better. Right? So I regret what I'm doing, which is good, right? But Josh, I changed my conduct, right? Right? That's what we're doing today? I got to come back down there? Okay. Right? Change my conduct for the better. It says, and believe. Now, now, once I change my conduct, now I'm going to believe. It says, believe, trust and rely on and adhere to the good news, the gospel. Right? So, so this is the thing in our lives. The culture teaches us to look for a stage or how to look good or how to get props. But we should be looking for an altar to lay our sins down, to cast our cares, right? Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2. You still with me? I said, no, no, we're going to get to the other side of this because the repentance is just one side. But we're going to get to the blessed side of repentance if you just be patient with me for a couple, few minutes here. All right, so uh, Romans 2, verse 6. It says, who, we render, who will render to every man. What is that? How many men? Every now, every man underneath man is male and female, right? So we could say, who will uh, render to every person according to their deeds, right? According to our deeds. Basically, you read what you sow, right? Verse 7, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing... I'm sorry, I'm reading the King James Version first. Uh, it says, who in patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. Now, their reward will be eternal life. It says, people who in patient continuance in well-doing. Because sometimes it's hard to continue to do well, right? It says, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Those people will get eternal life, right? Because that's their deeds. Verse 8, it says, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey, all righteous, uh, obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, right? Uh, uh, Amplified says he will render to each one according to his works to those who by, by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and underline it, circle it, seek for glory. So we're going to hit that in a, in a little bit. Seek for glory. And honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth and, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Now, some people are, are, have been in sin or slipped into sin or fell into sin or, or, or we hate or jumped into sin, right? We hear this comment, I'm still a Christian. I haven't repented yet, right? Well, the question is, are you a Christian? You know, remember, if any man be in Christ, inside Christ, right? Right? See, repentance is the prerequisite for becoming a Christian. So you got to turn away from some things. You got to repent, right? Uh, uh, we must repent and believe. A believer in Christ is one who has repented of sin, Right? People who profess Christ and live in unrepentant sin operate in what we call questionable salvation, right? People who profess Christ but still live in unrepentant. I didn't say sin, did I? 
I said unrepented sin operating what we call questionable salvation. Because if I'm in Christ and I slip into sin, there's a level of conviction where I'm going to want to repent. But if I'm not in Christ, I could sin and be okay with not repenting. Right? You got me so far? We good? Not, not, not prepared for this message? He was doing some stuff yesterday he wasn't supposed to be doing. All right, so... <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. Like, caught me off guard too, you know? You know, I got to share something that everybody's not going to be, ooh, amen, hallelujah. People ain't going to be spinning all the time. Well, some of us won't. All right, so sometimes uh, we, we profess sin just for the acknowledgement of it, but we don't repent, right? So we become professors and not possessors, right? Professing. I'm, all I'm doing is professing. You know, you go to the, the athletic uh, Bible study and you'll hear, hey, we all sinners. And what the Bible says, the Bible talks about if, you're, if, if those that are, are living for the Lord don't sin. It says you don't habitually sin. So that statement is not even actually accurate. And then all have sin is a past sentence statement. It's not all are sinning. You see, so we kind of like just mumbling the scripture together just to excuse maybe sin sometimes, right? So sometimes we're pro- pro- professors, like I said, not possessors. The Holy Spirit has not been welcomed in our hearts all the time. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? What you doing? I'm just playing. <laughs> right? Right? All right, so First John 1. All right, let's, 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 because I, I don't like to just give you my opinion, chapter and verse, and then you go study it out for yourself, come back, ask questions, or come back and go, ah, I get it now. All right, so First John 1, so this, this is where I got what I just been saying from. Uh, trying to see which version we want to read here. Oof. All right, I'm going to start at verse 5, and I'll read the King James Version. It says, uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, right? In him there is no darkness at all. So if you say God's in you, it should be all light, right? No darkness, right? Right? Okay, good, good. All right, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we're in communion with God, Right? Because you know how people say, you know, you don't know what type of relationship I have. I got my own relationship with God. Who are you to judge my relationship? Well, I'm not passing sentence on your relationship, but I can actually see if I'm around darkness and light. Because I can't, I'm not going to pass sentences while you're in the darkness, but I'm not judging you. You dark. Right? Does that make sense? I don't know what you did when you was on vacation, but you dark right now. Your complexion. See, look, look. She's like, oh, my God. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm in sin. No, but you got, I saw it yesterday. I was like, is she in the sun? <laughs> you look crispy yesterday. So, anyway. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that, y'all. Just trying to open your spirits up. That's all. Just trying to open your spirits up. You did look like you was in the sun. Uh, 
Am I, am I lying? Yeah, see? So I'm not by myself. I hope you was in the sun. <laughs> All right, so good. Let's go. Let's get back. Come back, y'all. Let's come back. All right, so it says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Did I say that? The scripture said that, right? You know, another verse says, if we claim we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So we can't say we're in fellowship with God and we're walking in darkness at the same time. We just lie. Darkness can't master light, can't be around light. So if you were God, you're going to want to do something different because you'll be uneasy being in darkness, right? All right, thank you. Thank you, brother, for the amen. I got an amen from Ms. Lamar. All right, so, so <laughs> see, there are a rare few claiming salvation yet living in unrepentance, or unrepentant sin. Uh, but they act in disobedience. Their, their unrepentance is, uh, is because they have a temporary hardness. Um, and for those people, God will discipline them. You know, the Bible says God, in, in Hebrews 12, God chastens whom he loves. So there's people that slip, right? There's people that, you know, falter, right? Well, that's where the, uh, the chastisement is coming from. But, it, but if you numb, if you're so callous, you won't even change with chastisement. You, you ever punish a child and they go back and do the same thing? So now you got to what? You got to ramp up the punishment, right? You know, there was a time when you could say, hey, sit down. And the child sit down. Then, well, that don't work now, right? So now you got to add a little pain to it, right? Pow! I said sit down. Right? Josh said a little pop, pop, right? I said sit down. But if you had a conversation with that child, you know what you could say? Well, I asked you to sit down twice. Nicely. I raised my voice. That didn't work. So obviously, you was looking for some pain. Right? I mean, you've had that discussion with your children before, or at least thought it if you hadn't had the conversation. So Shamita shook her head. I was just looking for somebody to shake their head. I just needed some help. Well, guess what? That's the conversation God having with us. He said, I asked you nicely to change, to repent. I raised my voice so you heard me, right? You still don't repent. So I had to give you a little pop, pop. <laughs> right? But the whole thing is I need, you can't live in that. You can't live in that. The child going to the light socket, you're giving them pain because that shock is going to be much worse than pop, pop, right? That's going to be pop, pop, bang, boom, right? Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? But the whole thing is to lead us to repentance, right? This is what the goal is here. All right, so uh, 1 John 5. Since we're in 1 John, let's just still stay in 5. All right? And I'm going to read this at the Classic Amplified also, just so for everybody can kind of understand it. It says, if anyone sees his brother, a believer, committing a sin that does not lead to death or extinguishing life, he will pray and God will give him life. Yes, he will grant life 
to all, excuse me, to all those who sin is not one leading to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin which does not involve death that may be repented of and forgiven. So, so I know we say sin is sin, but there's sin that leads to death. And there's, I slipped and fell short in the sin. There's sin that affects you from the outside in, but there's sin that affects you from the inside out. It's called fornication. Don't take my word for it. It says when you, when you fornicate, you're sinning against your own body. That's from the inside out. That's why it's kind of harder to shake the consequences of that, right? It can be done, right? So we good? We all right? I'm just trying to get some clarity here because I don't want nobody to end up, you know, uh, with any, uh, you know, any, any fire, you know, any bruises, any burns, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to save, just save the folk. All right, so first, first Corinthians 11, we talk about a sin unto death, right? So first Corinthians 11, I'm giving you scripture, so go study it for yourself. Don't take my word. And listen, we're going to talk about sin. Go to churches all over the country if you don't want to talk about sin because you're getting a lot of that. Because they just need you, the population and your money. Right? That's it. We have one tithes and offering. You choose to operate in God's ordinance of tithes and offering. That's it. No thermometers, no fundraisers, no chicken fries, none of that, no car washes. Okay? Right? And the fact that we're telling you the truth, it ain't about population. It's about souls. Right? All right, so. There's always somebody in the crowd that be egging you on because they're in the right place with God. So they're like, get them. <laughs> Look, I repented already. You know what I'm saying? Get them. Yeah, I don't know why they ain't repent, Pastor. It. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 11, like he in a good place, you know. I'm a, yeah, hey, hey, y'all need to get yourself together. All right, so he ain't saying that. He ain't saying that. You're not saying that, are you, Ed? All right, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. all right, 29. It says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, unworthily right? Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. All right, we're going to come back to that, right? Let's go to Hebrews 10. <laughs> Sorry about that. Audible, let's go to Hebrews 10 because I, I want to line this up just right. All right. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to line up just right. I'm trying to be obedient. Hebrews 10, 26. All right, so remember we talked about a sin unto death. That's why we had to read the scripture first. I got it, Lord. I'm going to read this out of classic amplified also, right? Or amplified classic. It says, for we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins. No further offering to which to look forward. There is nothing left for us then but a kind, but a kind of awful and fearful prospect and expecting of divine judgment 
and the fury of burning wrath and indignation which will consume those who put themselves in opposition to God. So this says if you go on, I mean, I know the, uh, the King James says, for if, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. That's that hell, that burning fire. So if I willfully continue in sin, after I've come to a knowledge of the truth, if I don't repent and I continue in that, I can look for some, hot, some, some heat coming forth. You understand what I'm saying? But, but I have choice still, right? Does that saying I'm stuck in it? No. no, it's saying I have choice. I can repent, right? I can turn away, right? I have the choice to do that, right? And see, so that's why it's saying there's a sin unto death. When the scripture says uh, uh, the people of God don't sin, it's talking about willfully sin. They don't habitually practice sin, right? When you, you, when you practice something, you become perfect at it, right? Is that good? Ooh-wee, I, I, feel, I feel it. I feel the, 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 the wave of conviction. That's a good thing. If you want, listen, this is, this is the presence of God. We, we, so picture we all in the presence of God. Temptation is off of the stage, right? Trying to tempt us what? Out of the presence of God, right? Trying to tempt us into sin, separate from God, right? All right, so if, okay. Right, so if, if, if I taste, where am I in proximity to God? I'm still in striking distance, right? So, so I'm going to feel the level of conviction about right here, right? Now, if I eat, right, I'm out of the presence of God, but I'm still what? Striking distance, right? I'm, so I'm still feeling a level of conviction, right? If I get greedy and just keep consuming this as my appetite, right, I'm a lot further away from God, right? But I'm also a lot further away from conviction. So now I'm numb to the very thing that's supposed to bring me back to God, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's the whole thing. Like, like you can't, you gonna, when you start to sin willfully and habitually sin, you out here. You ain't in proximity. If, 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 if well, I don't want to slip because I might hurt myself. But if I slip into sin, well, I'm st- I still, listen, I can slip. You know, you ever slip and just gather yourself again? Right, I, I still, that's that conviction. I can get back. But I don't want to practice something and be so used to an appetite that I'm numb to God. I'm in the presence of God. I don't feel nothing. That means I've gone too far. Remember, the, uh, I don't know if y'all, this is an older movie. You ever seen the movie Castaway? Right, with Tom Hanks. And remember the whole movie he's talking to Wilson? The volleyball Name Wilson, you know, right? And so, so he, he had this raft, remember? Remember he had the raft and he would go fishing in the, in the sea, but he always had the rope to pull him back to the raft. Well, well Wilson, you know, they, 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 go, they go through a storm. He wakes up out of the storm. Wilson's out there in the water. So he gets the rope and he goes out to get Wilson. But now he's at a point where Wilson is out of reach of the rope. So now he has a choice. 
do I let go of the rope to get Wilson and risk not being able to get back on the raft, or do I let Wilson go? Oh, do I let Wilson go <laughs> and, and hold, stay, stay, stay on the raft and drop myself back in? Well, guess what? He had to let Wilson go. Wilson was his best friend. At, at the time, guess what? Wilson was his only friend. He was used to having conversations with Wilson, who wasn't real. So we're actually in relationships that ain't real. We're used to the relationships. We call them our best friends. Now we're in a situation. Do we keep going and following what's not real into sin, or do we let it go and draw ourselves back in? You see what I'm saying? You feel me on this one? Okay, all right. All right, all right. Hey, hey, you know, we get to the huddle. Like, all right, man, that's pretty good. We're doing doing pretty good so far. We're doing good. Hey, we got some more plays to run. They ain't going to quit just because we had a good run. They going to try to get a run, too. The demons, the imps, and everybody, they're going to try to get around. So we all right right now. But we got we to gotta prepare for what's coming. Y'all ready? Break. All right, let's go to, <laughs> let's go to, uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11, but that's why the Bible tells us to walk circumspectly. We can't be casual. I was talking, uh, you mind if I share something you share with me? It's not really, like, crazy. Like, I ain't going to share your business business. I'm just going to share most of your business. Is that cool? I was just playing. I was, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I was talking to Shamita. Uh, she's navigating through as, as they're growing. And she was saying that she's been aware of some things lately, right? And she was like, I'm starting to be aware of basically the spiritual attacks. Am I, am I accurate there? And she was like, and then I'm starting to realize they might have been there the whole time. But I wasn't paying attention. And then so, so now the adversary done snuck up levels of attack. But she's starting to, she's like, oh, no, 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 I see you. I see you over there. But who knows how long they've been there and the damage is caused. Right? Right? And this is, that, that's why we have to walk circumspectly. We got to wake up and we can't just let our emotions lead us or go, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm about to say this one too. Um, but you're not alone on this one, right? So when I was, I, was, I was having this conversation, but I thought about Z, right? And the reason why I thought about Z, because when I first met Z, Z was just like, pay everything, no mind. She was just focused on like She had to go to work. She got that covered. She had to take care of business. And she was coming to church. She had that one. But any issue, just that and other, she's like, that's, <laughs> I ain't got, see, I don't have no time for that. Hey, I, 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 I don't even care about that. So, but these things were building in her life, and she paying them no mind. I was like, Z, like, you got to pay attention. Like, you can't just be, <laughs> do 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 Yeah, she wasn't doing that. But I'm just saying, like, and so when I was talking to you, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I said, Shamita's just been walking around like, you know, stuff sneaking up on her, running in the house, hanging out. You know, come to your refrigerator, where's everything? I, th- I thought I put something in here. You know, something's good, missing, stuff missing. You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> y'all, ain't, y'all ain't get that one? Stuff missing? Oh, okay, all right. Just see if y'all paying attention. Right? You, you know, get the clues, too. You got to get the clues, too. It's clues. It's clues to this thing, right? You might have to go back and look at the video and see, hey, there was some extra clues in there, man. Right? So, 
So we got to walk circumspectly so we recognize when we need to repent. Right? We can't be casual. We can't be so busy not wanting to feel bad or look bad that we're running from the very thing that we need to stay in fellowship with God, right? Well, if you understand how this life works, repentance and conviction are not bad things. Chastisement is not bad things. Tests and trials are not bad things. The Bible says count it all joy when you go through diverse temptations, different tests and trials. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Why are you mad right now? Because it's taking too long. Because it hasn't happened yet. Oh, no, no, no. It's just working patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you'll be complete and entire, lacking nothing. If you get what you want right now, you would enjoy what you have, and it'll be temporary because you'll be lacking something to keep it. See, that's all it is. All right, so that's James chapter 1, 2 through 4, right? So this is all chapter and verse here. We're not making stuff up or giving conjecture, telling, like, we ain't preaching um, hymns. You know, you know, preachers be preaching the hymns, right? And you be thinking of scripture. <laughs> it's a hymn, man. It's just, hey, that's a hymn. I, I, I know that song. Right? We're not doing that. We're not preaching hymns. You know, we're not, we're not just preaching from the Bible school quarterly. Right? That wasn't nice. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. I don't know what's going on with me today. Uh, I'm going to read this as a classic amplifier because it speaks to it. Now, this is the communion. This is after communion. Right? You know, before you, you do communion, if you've been to church any, any length of time, they says properly discern the Lord's body, right? You know, so people, they, they ask, hey, 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 before we do communion right now, before we do this communion, you guys got any sin? You want to confess that sin? You don't want to be, hey, hey, don't be taking communion. And if you go to certain churches, just because you're not a part of that culture, you don't get to take communion. I, did, I, I went to a funeral at a Catholic church. I came up for communion, and God looked at me like, yeah, keep it moving, right? <laughs> I never, just never been in that experience. I was just like, I mean, I think you would have just let me do it because everybody watching, you know. Nah, bro, you're not worthy. So anyway, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. it says, For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating or discerning, uh, and recognizing with due appreciation that it is the Christ's body. So, when I want, so again, I understand what we hear in church, but I have to discern that what I'm t- what's taking place is not a ritual. I'm attaching my faith to his body that was given for me, right? It says, uh, uh, eats and drinks a sentence, excuse me, or verdict of judgment upon himself. If I don't properly discern what I'm doing here, because I'm not trying to commune Christ's body when I do this communion with carrying unforgiveness, sin, and things of that nature, right? So that's what it's saying. Let me properly discern, oh, oh, I'm, I'm attaching my faith to communion with the Lord. Would the Lord want to communion with everything that's in my heart, right? Does that make sense? It says, it says that careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly. Quite, uh, quite enough of you have fallen into the sleep of death. It says, for if we certainly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be just 
and a penalty decree by the divine judgment. But we fall short and are judged by the Lord. We are disciplined and chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. So what this is saying is we're talking about communion properly um, um, discerning the Lord's body. But see, it said communion with the Lord. So communion with the Lord is not just when we have communion, whenever we have it. It says it's often, so we don't have to have it the first Sunday. You can have it the first Friday, the third Saturday, whatever you want to do. But the thing is, communion with the Lord is not just when I attach my faith to communion. I'm supposed to be fellowship with the Lord on a daily. Am I properly discerning the Lord's body when I want to come in his presence? Do you understand John 9.31 says God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner? I, listen, that's the first thing I learned. That's, that's how I, I, I believed in God, but the Jesus thing threw me because I was like, well, if he's the son of God and I'm the son of God, why well, I got to go through him? And somebody taught me one day the value of Jesus. And, 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 and so, so I got this picture where it's, I'm praying to God, but I'm full of sin. And so when, I, when, when, when my prayers go up, basically the funk of my sin goes up. So I, so I got this picture of God in the heaven realm going, oh, whoa, wow, whoa, whoa. Jesus, do me a favor. Go down there and cleanse that person that's trying to get to me. Because God can't be around sin at all. If he's 100% perfect, he's around just me and he's 99. His 99% perfect, his 1% of imperfection could affect millions of people. But he, he covered that. I just sent my son Jesus to you. You accept his blood sacrifice because you recognize I'm a sinner in need of salvation. I need to repent of sin. See, the denial is, like we do this in life too. I didn't make no mistakes. Yes, you did. No, 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 that was their fault. No, it wasn't. It was yours. We, we, we take on lifestyles because we're looking for the lifestyle in which we can hide instead of looking for the lifestyle that represents who God designed. Now, I probably could hide over here. Oh, nobody likes me over here, so I'll go over here and maybe I'll be more liked. None of that's going to work. We got to repent of this, this weight and this sin that so easily begets us, right? Now we can, we're properly discerning the Lord's body and we can come and fellowship with God, Right? See, that's why the unrepentant sinner needs to hear the good news of God's salvation. All right, let's, let's look here. Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2. Romans 2. Now, we read 6 to 8, but let's read uh, verse 4. Uh, we'll start at verse 1. It says, Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judges. It says, For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemneth thyself, condemneth thyself, for thou, for thou that judgest doeth the same things. So now this is not saying don't judge nobody. This is saying don't be judging people for something you doing. Like, you know, like, like I'm gonna fix you and I'm doing it. Like you need to get yourself together. You know, but the whole time I'm doing the same thing, right? Verse 2, it says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things, 
right? It says, and thinketh thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. So, so, so it's like you got people sitting up in, in ministry passing judgment and they're living it privately. So it's saying, think you're going to escape the judgment of God? Verse 4, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? So are you taking for granted God's goodness and his forbearance not attaching the punishment to you? Right? It says, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. So when I, if I'm sharing the goodness of God, there should be a whole lot of people repenting around me. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm really, see, we think the goodness of God is excusing sin. Or, or what the world said, hey, you know, I, who am I to judge you? I ain't going to judge you. Man, see, you know what I like about you? You don't judge me. Judgment is passing sentence. It is not calling it like you see it. Calling it like you see it is not judgment. Telling a person why they're doing what you see and you don't really know the backdrop is judgment. I did court. I, I took people to court. I took people to court for what they actually, listen, your lot was not, I was a house inspector. Your lot is filthy. If they say, oh, 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 oh so you trying to judge me? No, no. When we go to court, the judge is going to do that. He's going to pass sentence as, is, is, uh, were you sick in the hospital? Uh, did you have a financial crisis? And he may go, hey, listen, you got some extra time to get this done. But if it's negligence and neglect, he's going to say, you did it because you're negligent, and I'm passing sentence on your fine. You see the difference? But in this culture, call it like you see it. It's, it's, oh, don't judge me. You know, I don't want to go around them because they just, no, they're not judging you. They're telling you what they see. And hopefully it'll lead to, to repentance, right? We're, we're, we're attacking the very thing that we need to not carry the weight anymore. On the outside, everybody sees the relationship is crazy. Even if they don't know the person, they're looking at you. You carrying around darkness that you never carried around before. Worry that you never had before. You're making moves that you never made before. Crazy moves. So they're looking at the results and they're telling you what they see. Guess what? All you got to do is repent. You can change. But instead of, oh, see, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you don't know my situation. Exactly. But I know the results. I don't know why you're doing it. And I'm not going to judge you to say you're trying to cause this pain in your life. But what I'm saying is, if I don't tell you, you may not repent change from what's eating you up. You can't fix it because you've committed to it. And, and, and because you committed to it, don't mean you got to stay in it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. See, as Christians, we should confess our sins, pray for, for the unrepentant and evangelize the believer, draw people into the kingdom. All right, so I'm going to read 2 Timothy 2, uh, 25 and 26, right? I'm going to read this out of the NIV. It says this. It says, opponents of the truth must be gent gently instru instructed. So people that are not really living according to God's truth. In hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. That they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. 
who has taken them captive to do his will. This body was designed for God's will, not the devil's will. Not even our will. It was designed for God. Most of our trouble is our will or the devil's will. I repeat, most of our trouble is us doing, using this body for our will and the devil's will. Right? If we're using it for God's will, we ain't got no trouble. Right? See, that's why the world needs salvation, right? To experience the, 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 the person in the presence of God. The people of God need deliverance because they're being held captive by the enemy. People that are not in the kingdom, they, they need to be delivered. I mean, I'm sorry, they need salvation. They need to experience God. We've experienced God, so when we fall into sin, we need deliverance. We need somebody to set us free, right? So it starts with having an indwelling, uh, the, the indwelling person or presence of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3, 19, you can write down the scripture for the sake of time. I'm just going to go through some of this stuff so I can bring us to uh, what I really want us to get here. So it says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So God wants to breathe on us. That's what took place on Wednesday night. People repented in their heart, in their voice, in their life, prostrate before God. God wants to breathe on us, but he can't breathe on us until we repent. So we, so we want to repent so we can breathe again. Like, you know, what's, what's stress? I can't breathe no more. I'm stressed. Do you know laughter is breathing, enjoying your life and fulfillment without weight, not uh, jumping through hoops 24-7. That you're not breathing. You're in bondage. You're supposed to be free to be what God designed. Whom the Son says free is free indeed, right? So Peter said this. He said, he said uh, in Acts 2.38, he said, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, right? Then he says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they was like, the, Holy, the gift of the Holy Ghost or, the, or you're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like, we didn't know there was another baptism. He said, no, no, John baptized you in the water. He says, but once you repent, you're going to be baptized in the Spirit, submerged in the Spirit. Now, why is that important? Because when God created us in, in Genesis 2, it said he breathed in Adam and he, and, um, he became a living soul. Now, that word living soul means a speaking spirit. That means he was able to, when he, when he opened his mouth, do what happened in the first 28 or 29 verses in Genesis. God spoke the world into existence. He breathed in everything that he created. Then he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. He made him after his image and likeness. Then he breathed the same breath of power and ability to create life and light into man. In Genesis 2, 7. Now, after sin, we lost our breath. We lost our ability to create, and we conform to the perverter. The devil doesn't create nothing. He only twists everything. He's a perverter. Now, example of this is when Jesus showed up in John uh, 20, 21 and 22. Again, please write it down because I don't want us to be here all day, so I'm, I'm just giving you the scripture so you can study it for yourself. And you can get it on a video if you, 
if you're not quick at writing stuff down. All right, so John 20, 21 and 22. It says, then Jesus said unto them, peace be to you. Jesus shows up. Just as the Father has sent me forth, so I am sending you forth. He's talking to the disciples. And having said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So he did the same thing that God did to restart their life, right? And so this God's Holy Spirit with us is why we need to repent because the Holy Spirit will not always strive with man. See, the Holy Spirit wants, to, wants us in harmony. He's in harmony with the Father. He needs us in harmony. And how we are harmony is when we're obedient. When we're in sin, the Holy Spirit is striving to convict us of sin. But the, the Bible says, my spirit will not always strive with you. In Genesis 3, uh, 6, 3. He says, so God cut the years back from like 900,000 to 120. He says, because that, that, because because you are flesh, and we talked about flesh is two things, physical body and sinful nature, that flesh is constantly fighting to have you do what you don't want to do, Romans 7, right? Right? So that's why it's, uh, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. You want to feed the willing, not the weak, right? You don't want to feed the flesh lust and different things like that. You want to feed with the spirit, which is willing, and that's the word, right? So that's Genesis 3, right? So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's constantly striving for us to repent from the lie, the, the delusion we live in. That's what that, he won't always strive with you. And, and the proof is Romans chapter 1 when he turned people over to a reprobate mind. It says, hey, it, it said he turned them over to a reprobate mind. They start doing things that were unseemly, men with men and women with women. That wasn't God's design. That was, okay, do it your way. He turned them over to themselves. Now your repentance is going to be after you realize enough, enough is enough. Before that, my grace is, even though you deserve the consequence, I'm, my Holy Spirit is going to constantly say, hey, hey, would you try to do this? Hey, hey, you know, you, know, you ever talk to people? You're like, hey, come on. And they go, okay, I see what you're saying. Then they go back and do the same thing. Then you try again, you try again. At a certain point, you got to step back and go, okay, maybe you want to find out the hard way. I kept telling you that that stuff inside the toilet stink. But I guess you want to put your hand in and find out. Go ahead. Go ahead with your messy self. It's, it's on you. Right? But don't blame God when you're so callous that he turns you over to yourself, right? See, God's truth, when you know the truth and the truth sets you free, it's his glory all over you. The scripture says when we, we're beholding ourselves in the mirror, we're changed from glory to glory. Why? We're changed into his image, remember? His image and likeness, Genesis 1, day by day, right? We're changed into our original design, the more of his spirit which represents the glory of God, saturates us. That's what I saw on Gerard up, up on this altar. The whole altar illuminated because the glory of God was there because he said, I can't carry this no more. I heard him. I was listening to you. Because he, he, what, he, what he's done from the beginning of the year, well, actually he started last year, then the last year, came to this altar. He says, oh, no, I'm in. No, nah, nah, enough is en He said enough is enough. He said, whatever you need me to do, I'm in. Enough is enough. 
So, of course, it was the end of the year. He still had habits because he was used to living a certain way. So, so now there's a striving going on. The Holy Spirit's constantly reminding him, but Gerard, remember what you said? But Gerard, you said this. Wait a minute, Gerard, you told me. You, and so he's battling with that, but, but, he's, but he's still in conviction mode. Now he's not in numb mode. He's in conviction mode. So he, you know, feel bad, you know, seem great one day, you know, is work the next day, right? Gerard didn't tell me this, but... He's right there. So just in case you think the Holy Spirit is lying, did you tell me that? But it's true though, right? All right. So then he, he gets to a place where he's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said enough is enough, but my actions have to be consistently lined up with that. Right? Now you can't, you, you, everywhere you turn around, you see Gerard. You hear Gerard everywhere. Gerard again. Is that Gerard? Yeah, that's Gerard again. There's Gerard. But what took place this morning all over his life was that glory because now he's not striving with the Holy Spirit. He's yielding to the Spirit. He don't even sing the same. He never sang bad, but you sing like another man. And, and I'm a t- I don't care what nobody tell you. I'm, listen, I may not be good at a lot of things, but I can hear. So y'all can pick with me about singing, but I know if it's good or bad. Trust me. I say right, so, so. So like a whole nother person, but that's the process. So the glory can fall on, right? So the, the glory of God is the, person's in pres- the person and presence of the Holy Spirit saturated all over you, right? When, that, when the presence comes, the attributes of God comes with it, right? So, so again, when we first accept Jesus, we receive the fruit of the Spirit, that regeneration. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 is, is the washing of regeneration. So you're made alive. Your spirit is quickened because the payment for sin is death, right? So that's the first level. When I come to the altar, Jesus, I want you, Jesus. All right, so when I do that, I I experience the indwelling of the spirit at salvation. Now I have access to the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Before I'm born again, I'm snapping more. I'm prideful more. I'm impatient more because I'm not operating in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, right? I got a bad attitude even though I'm in denial, but but trust me, everybody else will tell you, you got a terrible attitude, right? But now I have the fruit of the Spirit. That's the first step. That fruit, when it's produced, it draws in the Holy Spirit's gifts of the Spirit. Oh, now I'm rolling because now I operate in the gift of faith, the gift of healing. Interpreting the, the gift of interpreting tongues, right? The gift of prophecy, right? Words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Words of, words of knowledge is when you pick up what has happened to somebody, like I just want to talk about with Gerard, and what's happening with someone. The words of wisdom is when you're speaking what's going to happen to someone. We, we, we call it all prophecy, but it's words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and prophecy. Prophecy is God taking your vessel and speaking through you to somebody directly. You, you don't even know what you're talking about. God is talking. He's arrested your body. That's prophecy. Those are the gifts of the Spirit, right? So you have this, this see, I was outside of the camp before I gave my life to the Lord. You know what I was? I was a leper. Remember when we talked about uh, the, uh, what'd you call it? No, she called it a hidden uh, leprosy. Yeah. 
Right. So, so I was a leper. So there's an anointing for the leper to come back into the kingdom. That's the leper's anointing. That's where you have the indwelling of the spirit. Most people in most churches around the country, that's all they got. Indwelling. So if you say, you start talking about the Holy Spirit, I got the spirit. Yes, you do. But do you want it just sitting in there like a well? See, a well has to be drawn on. So when John 4.14 talks about the, the spirit, he's talking about that well, you got to draw it out. Right? But he didn't just talk about that in John chapter 7, 37 through 39. He said, oh, no, 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 no. This water is going to spring up to everlasting life. And it said, this he spake of the, Holy, of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the infilling of the Spirit, springing up. It's in me and it fills me, infill. Now, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's, that's when you have the priestly anointing. You go from just, just you know, you're not just a, a, a Christian. You're a disciple now, right? You have a priestly anointing, so now that's the anointing to serve, you serve in anointing. You're faithful in another man's. You're consistent in how you navigate. That's another level of an anointing. You don't, you're, not just, you're not just a pew sitter. You're planted in the house and you're flourishing in the courts. That's another level. But we don't stop there. We cross over to the kingly anointing. The kingly anointing is when the atmosphere changes around you. When a woman of God walked in, walked, she was coming to her, 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 uh, her meeting. It was at a, it was a conference center. And so with so many people outside, they said, well, go around the back. She goes around the back, goes through the kitchen. While she's walking through the kitchen, people start dropping to their knees, says, I need Jesus. Man of God goes on a train, walking by, cars, doors are closed. People walk out of the car doors and go, Man, listen, I just need God. I don't know what you got on you, but I need God. They're on the other side of the door, but they sense, like you sense, shaking a presence. Right? That's the kingly anointing. This is when the glory's on us. So we're, we're not repenting just to bust us out. We're repenting so we can... God can use this vessel for every level of anointing he wants because those anointings change lives. That's what the anointing is, the, Isaiah 20, uh, 10, 27, is the bird removing, yoke destroying, power of God. I don't know why, but every time I'm around you, I feel like everything's lifted. Every time I talk to you, that's the anointing. Not every time somebody around you is an argument. That's the unrepentant sin. Do you understand what we're talking about here? God wants his glory on you. But right now, there's, there, there's, a, there's a no vacancy sign. All, all the rooms in your heart is filled up with, with unrepentant sin. We got to let all that stuff go. Stop carrying and excusing it. Don't excuse it. Repent from it. Don't justify it. You don't have to stay there. Yeah, now listen. I can't change it. You can't change it. But Jesus can. Apart from him, we can do nothing. John 15, 5. Right back to the scripture again. But we got to give ourselves to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
We got to yield. We got to re- truly, really repent from this stuff. Stop excusing it. Listen, I went to church. I'm, I'm going to hit you with all this. I went to church. Uh, so I was, in, I was in Jersey. I wasn't really going to church. I told you I only went to see the choirs, right? So I ran into a friend I used to ball with. He's a preacher now. And so he invited me to church. You know, people try to witness to you, but I didn't know he was trying to evangelize me. I was just like, sure. I mean, I wasn't against church. I'll go with you to church. So I'm in church. Now, they didn't do this the right way. I'm going to just tell you right now, they didn't do this the right way. So I'm in, I'm in church. And so God stands next to me. They do an altar call. As far as I'm concerned, I, I believe in Jesus or whatever, but I'm just, I'm just sitting there, right? And the guy says, well, you believe in Jesus? I was like, yeah. He's like, then he had me up at the altar. I'm like, wait, 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 ho, ho. I didn't say none of that. You asked me a question. I ain't lying. I believe Jesus. Next thing you know, I'm at the altar. But when I got to the altar, it was something going on up there. I broke down and started crying. Like, I mean, I'm all in the guy messed up his suit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like soulful cry, right? So I go home. I was in a living relationship, right? Yes, I, I, I did some weird things. So I'm in a living relationship. So I go home and I said, you know what? I said, I think we, uh, we need to uh, stop having sex till we get married. Man, that girl went off. Well, who you think is every time you get around? Because my sister was ministering to me for a long time. Every time you get around your sister or church, here we go. And she's going off, right? Um, so a big argument. And so I go to work. I just get a call. Well, what you going to do? I said, well, I'll make you sick. I'm leaving. <laughs> right? So no, 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 no. I was like, no, you said I'll make you sick. You know, among curses and all that other stuff, right? I got all the curses too. Right? So, but, but. Something was, so that was the first move. And obviously, like I said with Gerard, I'm, I still got residue going on, right? So I kind of like, okay, well, maybe the, we, you have one nice conversation, maybe it'll be all right, right? Well, then I end up in another church for some reason. Well, I come back home and, and, and I'm like, you know, you know, everybody's not meant to be together. <laughs> so in the conversation, the person said, uh, talk, talk, this was the third time they talked about marriage. So they talked about marriage. I was like, well, no, I don't know if I want to marry you. Spend the rest of my life with you. Now, y'all saying that's cold, but I was telling the truth. I just didn't know how to be tactful. So I actually said those exact words. I was like, well, now, the first time I, I was like, well, you know, you want a wedding. The second time I was like, well, you know, um, uh, we argue all the time. But this time I was like, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I was being honest. But now I keep getting around church, and the more I got around church, the more I had to be honest. Like I couldn't lie. And so obviously eventually, you know, we broke up. Um, but, but it was the best thing for both of us. I never was supposed to be with that person. But I couldn't see what God had for me because I was cloaked in what wasn't for me. I was cloaked in delusion. Listen, listen, you know what delusion is, right? You're already in an illusion, but you're defending it. You're defending the illusion. That's delusion, right? And the thing is, we've all, listen, I've done it thousands of times. Until I came into a knowledge of the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he wants his glory all on you, but he's not going to keep striving with you. I almost tossed that same young lady out of a window. I didn't pick her up and throw her out the window. I'm, I'm not crazy. The person was attacking me, and I flung him off of me 
And I left every weight in America back then, and they went from one room to the next room and hit the glass, shattered the glass, and the screen caught them. I wouldn't be here talking to you. See, I learned this a long time ago. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but maybe I'm supposed to. The right relationship brings out the treasure in you. The wrong relationship brings out the trash. Right relationship draws you to the glory. The wrong relationship steals the glory from you. Just something to think about as we are navigating through this. And and going forward, God wants to be in communion with us. So that's why he shifted the message. Right? He wants to be in communion with us. Right? And, but we're not properly discerning what God is trying to do. So we're bringing all the extra. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not telling you just because you go, you know, God, God wants to bring this. I need to cut this out. And it's just going to happen overnight. No. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Cast your cares. Okay, Lord, I need you to take this desire away from me. But be genuine about it. Now do what you can in the natural. But you can't go around stuff and say, Lord, I'm going around and you take the desire away from me. That don't even make no sense. That's counterproductive. You know, you got to do something. You know what I'm saying? Remember, you have choice. And the Holy Spirit's not going to always strive with you. But he shouldn't even have to. What he's trying to get to you is what you're longing for. You just haven't experienced yet. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right, that's all for this. Let's just stand on our feet. That, that's, look, see, it's not Wednesday. I was going to start asking y'all. Anybody learn anything today? <laughs> All right, that helped you a little bit.